you know, I had believed since I was 10 that I was saved and I was going to heaven. I knew it. I was saved and I was going to heaven. But to tell you the truth, I never felt I was saved. I never felt it in my body and fully felt it <laughs> until my weekend. And it wasn't, uh, it wasn't more teaching that got me there. It was the experiences of radical honesty and grace that got me there. Welcome to the Crucible Project podcast. The Crucible Project is a nonprofit organization committed to creating a world of men and women who live with integrity, grace, and courage, helping them to fulfill their God-given purpose. This podcast will discuss important and sometimes difficult topics while delivering practical life applications with men and women who are currently practicing this work. We are igniting Christ-like change in men and women through experiences of radical honesty and grace. Hey, welcome back to the Crucible Project Podcast. I'm your host, Joy Dunning, and I'm here today with the man, the myth, the legend, Roy Wooten himself. Oh How are goodness. you doing tonight, Roy? Very good. Excited to be a part of this. A little bit nervous now uh, that you're so excited about the man, the myth, the legend. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but uh, happy to share and uh, thankful for you hosting. So for those of you who don't know who Roy Wooten is, he is the executive director of the Crucible Project. And we are here to talk a little bit about the organization, the impact that it's had, and how it has impacted Roy's life personally a little bit as well. So, Roy, starting off, can you start by telling us in your own words about Crucible's mission and, and some of the key issues that it aims to address? Sure. Yeah, happy to do that. So our mission is that we ignite Christ-like change in men and women through experiences of radical honesty and grace. We're committed to creating a world where men and women live with courage and passion and integrity, creating and fulfilling their God-given potential. Uh, we do that primarily through transformational weekend retreats, groups, and coaching. And I think the key words are experience and radical honesty and radical grace. I think there are too few places in the world where people have safety enough to be able to talk openly about what's going on in their head and heart. Find challenges with that in our personal relationships. We certainly uh, have fear about letting people know what's going on at work or sometimes even in the church. It's too risky to say, I'm challenged. And what's interesting in churches is most of my adult life. Uh, we openly discuss things that have to do with medical issues that we're struggling with or a loss of a friend or a family member. And that's good. That's good. But we don't talk about our 12-year-old came home from school smelling like pot last week, and I don't know what to do about it. So we create experiences where radical honesty can be met with radical grace and a unique an individualized grace experience on our weekends. That's great. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And I just echo everything that you said. I've experienced those things as being a part of the Crucible Project um, as a participant. And, you know, it's it's been a big impact in my family, in my life. And my husband would echo the same. With that in mind, I'm just curious, what inspired you to become involved with your own Crucible journey? I'm kind of like the hair club president for men, you know, the ball <laughs> guy. I used to be a client. January 2009, my brother-in-law had invited me to come check out what's going on in a very unique experience to wake up men. 
And as a man myself, I had I had been challenged all of my adult life to find answers around some things in my in my life. Most of them had to do with and had some origin in my family of origin and a, and a really rough upbringing and a poor uh, family, poor working family out in West Texas uh, with a mom who had a psychiatric break at, uh, at whenever I was five and continued to struggle with her mental health. Uh, things would get unsafe in our house. And I, I really didn't know what to do with all that. Thank goodness there were sports out there that allowed me to take out aggression on quarterbacks and uh, <laughs> and all in, in football. Because that God bless get, Texas football. There you go. And, and that helped <laughs> me get through. I went off to college to be a pastor. I went to seminary, Abilene Christian University. And it was there I did some personal counseling around some of the early wounding, if I can call it, of my childhood. And I thought that had all been wrapped up and, you know, everything, everything was fine. And I went on the weekend thinking I was going to like see and observe something unique and see if it was really the thing I've been looking for to help other men. And God really dealt with me. He, he dealt with me. He gave me a space to wrestle with some places that weren't yet healed up from way back when. And I left there, uh, you know, I had believed since I was 10 that I was saved and I was going to heaven. I knew it. I was saved and I was going to heaven. But to tell you the truth, I never felt I was saved. I never felt it in my body and fully felt it (laughs) until my weekend. And it uh, it wasn't more teaching that got me there. It was the experiences of radical honesty and grace that got me there. Uh, I came back from my weekend. I met with our founder, Greg Houston, and said, I want to bring this to my community. I live down in Houston, Texas. And I said, I want to bring this to my community. And and we embarked on that journey. And I I was volunteering as much as I could outside of raising my family and and being involved at church and my ministry that I was running. So it was a wonderful experience for me. I've invited some of my best friends, guys I played football with back in high school and college, friends, lifelong friends, most of my relatives, all of my kids and their spouses been through our weekends. I just think it's uh, really every man and every woman ought to get this somewhere in their young adult life. And it's never too late to experience what this unique experience is. That's awesome. So when you look back at your involvement with Crucible, whether that's executive director or a volunteer, what are some of the most significant accomplishments or or milestones that you judge Crucible has achieved since its inception? Well, since its inception, we have taken a weekend experience in 2002 that we were doing one a year and then eventually two a year. And by not focusing on making the whole ministry around a personality, or a pastor type, but focusing on replicating leadership. Our founder, Greg Houston, wanted to see uh, the church wake up to Christ-centered soul work and knew that there's no way that he could get everywhere he needed to be. If we're going to grow this thing, we've got to replicate leadership. And so the decision to invest in uh, how do we grow the next uh, generation of high-quality and safe Christ-following leaders within our work was a very important decision that led to us uh, starting 
moving from a man's coaching business, our founder, to a nonprofit parachurch ministry, the Crucible Project. And that was formed in 2005 and launched in 2006. I, th- I think the second big decision was that w- we started out in Wheaton, Illinois, near Chicago. The decision to move beyond that one regional space was huge. Uh, the first weekend out of Chicagoland actually happened here in Texas, and I was on it. Shortly after, we had a weekend in Australia and then a weekend in Colorado. And so uh, it was like a wildfire <laughs> that the, mm. the spark just uh, started growing. And now I think uh, we're in 16 different retreat sites in the, in the United States. We're in Kenya, Rwanda, uh, two places in Australia, two communities in Mexico, and, and serving some really unique populations along the way. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, I can't help but notice that one place that we're not in yet is Hawaii. Um, yeah. so I'd like to personally volunteer to uh, <laughs> take the charge there. Uh, funny you should mention it. I do know we have a couple of alumni over there. A couple of okay. our 6,600 plus alumni are in, are in Hawaii. So it's not unreasonable that someday we might be there. But, well, mahalo. Um, it's time to get to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So being the executive director of a nonprofit, um, you know, I know you've worked with other nonprofits. That's been most of your career, honestly, is is working in that leadership development nonprofit guiding space. And in the last few years, especially nonprofits have faced a pretty interesting challenge, um, you know, trying to figure out how to navigate COVID coming out of that. How do you navigate, you know, living in a new reality? where giving is down, engagement is down across the board, that, you know, life just kind of looks a little bit different now, especially in the world of nonprofit organizations. So I'm curious if you can share a little bit about um, some of those challenges, whether it's COVID things related or not, um, some of those challenges that you've encountered in your tenure with Crucible and uh, either how you've worked to overcome them or what's currently in the works to overcome some of those. Sure. Yeah, it has been the most difficult season for leaders everywhere the last five years, whether you're in in, uh, some kind of government uh, role or in education, a hospital, uh, you know, healthcare, oil and gas. It's just it's a difficult time to lead. And I think especially in churches and in parachurch ministries, it's, it was a difficult time. The divisiveness, the political divisiveness during uh, 2020 and the, and the pandemic, the social unrest related to George Floyd's murder, and the incredible isolation that people were in, not just isolated physically, but I think fewer and fewer people were doing social things for a few years. What it's caused in America, and I believe all over the world, but we've got the the stats in America, is unprecedented mental health issues with anxiety and depression. And all the major cities are struggling with crimes against persons being at the highest or since the pandemic, you know, it's one of the last several years has been their highest. And so it's been challenging. People aren't sure about the economic future. And so that causes like, do I really want to spend this money to invest in myself? So we've had close to $100,000 every year in financial assistance that we've provided to help people get to weekends. And then with economic uncertainty, those who have capacity to give aren't sure if this is the time 
to give. I mean, when I have a stock, for instance, or a security that's you know been doing well and the stock market drops, I don't want to sell when it's low and it's less for me to give. So there are reasons for even generous people to be careful with their giving. Philanthropic uh, report last year said that giving was down 17% to churches and nonprofits in America, and primarily that was driven by individual giving. So it's been a challenging time for Crucible as well, as we felt those pressures. Inflation has has increased the expenses of our weekends in ways that we've never experienced. Uh, we used to spend about 33% every registration fee on the facility rentals at the retreat sites. And now it's uh, close to 50%. So we're in challenging times. And uh, I believe in a God that's going to provide. He's the mm-hmm. God of a thousand cattle on a thousand hills, you know, and he's and generosity was what will fuel us getting through these times. It's been exciting in the sense that it's been my intention as uh, God brought me to this role to help wake up the church to who we are. I I dream of a day where every pastor, every Christian counselor in America may not know who we are, but they know another counselor or pastor who knows where we are. And so we're doing our best to engage those people who might be referrers to the Crucible Project. A couple of weeks ago, I was in Nashville for the Worldwide American Association of Christian Counselors and Coaches Conference. 7,000 counselors were there, and we had great exposure there, and we had a wonderful experience there. Earlier this week, I was at an event with Convene. These are Christ-following CEOs, primarily of small and mid-sized companies, and connecting with them. And then I'll be soon at the largest evangelical group's annual convention, and we'll have exposure there. Speaking at a ministry conference with 1,200 pastors here in the spring. So we're trying to make the connections that accomplish this task or this goal of waking up the church to who we are. That's awesome. And there's been question before of, you know, so is, is Crucible a church or how does, how does all of that fit? And I think when we hear you talking about wanting to partner with the church, you know, we're not here to replace the church. We're not here to, to stand in that spot. We're here to be a, a partner with a church and help clear some of the work that they're doing and, and help them in that soul transformation work. Do you have anything that you want to speak to specifically about any of that? Well, I think about Paul writing that we have different giftings, all of us as uh, church members. We're all part of the same body, but the toe doesn't do what the finger does and et cetera. We're, we are, I think, the part of the church because we're, we're Christ followers ourselves. We are the part of the church that has some special expertise in connecting head and heart and going back and looking at the things that are tripping me up now, where those might have come from, and those repeated behaviors that we don't want to do, that we find ourselves doing, creating a way through a set of experiences that really gets at those things so that there can be freedom. Mm-hmm. And uh, God, God is just using us in that way to serve the church, to ch- serve church leaders, and give a space where openness and honesty is a part of our everyday life instead of something that we may never do ever in our lives. Yeah. So, you know, hearing about this, the ways that we can partner and support churches, and 
pivoting just a little bit, um, can you talk a little bit about the ways that Crucible can benefit maybe business owners or businessmen and women who are out there in the marketplace doing their everyday life and living that grind? Um, you know, what does Crucible have to offer for um, people in those kind of just Monday through Friday, nine to five spaces? Yeah, I, I think about the business owner at the, he, he was 62. He came in to the weekend and talked about his wife complains that she doesn't get him and wants him to retire his daughter and he had have a strange, strained relationship and he doesn't know what he did about it, but she, she basically says that he doesn't listen to her. And he came to the weekend uh, very successful. If I remember right, he flew his own plane in. Uh, to an airport <laughs> near there. And That's a flex. what he discovered was something really odd. He hadn't been through a lot of trauma in his life. He hadn't been through like the woundings that I was talking about that I went through. Uh, mm-hmm. He hadn't had any serious things like that, but he he's always striving to do better and to make more. And every time he set a goal, he'd reach it. Another uh, financial goal, he'd, he'd hit it. And it wasn't satisfactory. So he would, he would, said another one. And the story he told was year after year, game after game, going to the baseball field, his dad watching him and he would hit a home run and hit a double and he would make a a couple of great catches and, you know, throw outs. And uh, his dad would critique him on the way home. And you could have done this better and you could have done that better. And why didn't you? And there something stuck in him. I think Satan, if I can say it that way, gave him a message that you're just not good enough. You're not good mm-hmm. enough. And all he really wanted, that, that boy at nine years old who was hearing that was to hear, well done, good job, I'm proud of you, and to feel from affirmation, but he never got it. And he loves his dad. And so he said, you know, my dad, I don't think he intended to do that, right? And as parents, we sometimes don't intend to do something like that, but Satan just kind of gets in there. And he left the weekend knowing that God loved him, that he didn't have to earn his love. He left the weekend feeling that he could just be instead of just do all the time. And I got a note a few weeks later from his wife thanking us for what he had done because he decided to go ahead and retire and put in a succession plan in to sell the business. I also think about this past, it was actually yesterday, I was sitting with a guy at a networking event and inevitably people tell me their story whenever I'm around them too long. And so... He was talking about the challenges in his marriage, and he's in a separated space. He is a, a, a active in his church, a, a good a good man. He's not cheating on her or anything. He didn't confess anything like that. But he has an opportunity in his business that he's scared to death to take. And I think there's something underneath all of that. I don't know if it's a something like the other man I was talking about or something about not feeling like he's loved or that he's he doesn't have what it takes or, or whatever, but it's driving the mess. And the big mm-hmm. thing is probably his head and his heart isn't connected and he's lost his passion if he ever had it. And if he came on our weekend and I encouraged him to, I believe that he would find that there, that God and him would work that out through the series of experiences that we create there. Yeah, there's something about those messages that we carry, right? And whether they come from parents or a teacher or a well-intending neighbor or, you know, any myriad of places in our life, as kids, we're so receptive to 
these messages that then kind of haunt us the rest of our life. You know, I can I can tell you I, I had the same thing on my weekend, having that experience of looking at some of the, some of these messages that I've carried and looking at where they came from and saying, is this really who I am? I, I don't think so. That's not the kind of person that I want to be. And um, having that opportunity to say, it's never too late. I can wake up tomorrow and decide what kind of woman do I want to be? What kind of man, you know, not man for me, but, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's never too late for a guy to come and say, what kind of man do I want to be Um, with the time that I have left? Whether that's 10 years, you know, 10 months, 10 days, who knows? But it's never too late for that. So. Roy, as we wrap up, I have a couple quick questions for you. First of all, how can our listeners here support Crucible's mission? Do you have any specific takeaways that you can give somebody listening to this podcast of, wow, this sounds like a great organization or, hey, I like what they're doing. What are some great ways that people can support the work of Crucible? If you know someone who's stuck somewhere in their life, who's not feeling freedom, peace is evasive for them, they haven't smiled or found joy in a really long time, we might be a resource for them and let them know about us. Share the podcast, you know, et cetera, and get them to our website. The other thing that that would be really helpful is we are called into some really incredible work that doesn't have any funding at all. Working with some prisoners in our crucible on the inside, work with Spanish-speaking population uh, that are you know, within usually within the first three years of, of new citizens or people here on work visas getting some healing. Uh, you know, most of them are coming from countries that it's very dangerous and they've been through horrible, horrible things. So bringing some healing to those men and women. And then our work in Kenya and Mexico still requires some support. So if, if you're so inclined, you're feeling God called to jump in on this ministry, and uh, maybe you've never even gone to one of our weekends, you can hit us up on the website at thecrucibleproject.org and hit that donate button. There's a lot of different ways to give on there. And a gift of any amount, you know, is always helpful. And then I think the third way is we're a ministry that requires talented and gifted people. We, We have close to 800 volunteers last year came and helped us. And you don't necessarily have to go through our weekend to help us out. So if you want to volunteer, hit us up and, and you can learn more about that on our website. But those are the ways. And then uh, probably the most important I should have mentioned first is to pray. Just pray for us. Pray that we're safe, that our our volunteers and the staff and our leaders are safe as they do the work. And more specifically, that God continues to use us to remove barriers to him and to other people so that we can really live a little bit of that abundant life right here in this world. So good. Well, Roy, thank you so much for your time um, and for sharing a bit of your heart and the the mission and vision that you have for Crucible. Um, you know, I love hearing the vision that someday there will be a day when every pastor and um, leader will know, a uh, counselor will know somebody um, who's connected to Crucible and, and that we are out there. And it's not about making Crucible great, right? It's about right. Um, making the work great, the work that transforms lives, that changes people. So whether it's through us or, um, you know, where people are finding those those ways to get that work, um, we're all about making that happen. And thank you for the work that you do in helping Crucible be a part of that vision, because it, it really makes a kingdom lasting impact. Mm, thank you. So. Yeah. All of it to God's glory. All of it to God's glory. And uh, thank you. Thank you to Joy.
thanks for doing this, hosting this, and uh, for all you do for the ministry. Yeah, thanks. All right, well, we'll catch you next time here at Preschool Project Podcast. For more information about our weekends, please go to thecrucibleproject.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Rate and review wherever you are listening and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Also, don't forget to check out myjourneyto.com for your free two-week trial. That's myjourneyto.com. Thank you for listening.